Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. This today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. An SEC blue blood has found the perfect name image likeness approach. Or dangerously thin ice. One. Chuck Oliver Show on a Monday. I'm here. David's here. He's here. Obviously, you're here. We have guests coming up as well. And we have... If you can follow the formula, okay, you'll get great outcomes. Because LSU has been getting great outcomes on the field, on the court, on the wherever you compete athletically. They've been getting really good results. And in the era of not only the transfer portal, but name image likeness, we know why it's just a landmine, and I've called it roster whack-a-mole, and that's exactly what it is, and it's sending very good coaches looking for other places to coach. But when I say an SEC blue blood, boy, that's LSU. When an SEC blue blood such as LSU in an era such as we live in is getting the on-field results that kind of cross most of their athletic programs that we care about and we pay attention to and we watch and earn money. Across those, they're doing it, man. And so I will admit, hand-raised, I remember when name image likeness started, and that would be July 21. Yeah, July 21. There were a couple of programs. We've talked about this from various times. talked about it in the moment, though, that LSU didn't get it exactly right out of the gate with their name image likeness efforts. What? There were others. Florida State did not get it right. They got it right now. But LSU did not get it right immediately. If you don't remember, they took um, – I think a basketball player, a volleyball player, or somebody, some other athletes. And they got Manhattan and Times Square time, and there was this kind of promotional campaign of, hey, here are some athletes in Baton Rouge to play for LSU. All right, we're going back to campus now. It was almost as if an open for business declaration. Okay, we went out and promoted our athletes. That is not a successful approach for name image likeness. And among other programs who had fits and starts, LSU has also, I was thinking, really turned that thing around. In the case of Florida State, who was another program I mentioned there that wasn't great out of the gate, they've got it organized now, and they get big-time results. High school kids, Big Ten kids, eh, a little something for everybody. Florida State, they know what they're doing, name, image, likeness, man, and there is a direct 
uninterrupted line from a kid signing with FSU to this collective. And I was looking at a list of these programs, and there are others that didn't get it exactly right that have said, okay, we understand now. And LSU was one of those like four or five that I was going to talk about and actually was going to be the one I would talk about. Florida State, maybe, as supporting evidence. But Florida State, do you know what Florida State hasn't done? They ain't gotten the results in the big-time sports we pay attention to and care about and make money that LSU has. They had their 13-0 in conference championship, and LSU has not done that. And that's football, and boy, it matters more than everything else. LSU has done everything else, including national championship women's basketball, and they were bad, bad, and a College World Series uh, up in Omaha baseball this past summer. And a Heisman winner and football on their LSU and competing and all that. And so my whole preface, when I was putting together, I was like, there's a list of these big-time programs that weren't big-time out of the gate, but, boy, they learned. LSU more than others because, clearly, look at the results. But these others, they learned as well. No. After a little bit of digging around and poking and looking for confirmation about stuff that I could never find confirmed, a lot of other programs have righted the ship. LSU, they have either found the perfect name, image, likeness approach, or this is as thin a ice as you ever want to wander out onto. I will give the answer now. Because it's not what probably any of us would expect it to be. How are they doing this, Chuck? What are you saying if they're still not? Most other collectives that have gotten big-time programs improved results and quickly. When it comes to name, image, likeness, it's all kind of one thing. An uber-motivated, very passionate, behind-the-scenes I'll say either person or benefactor or patron and then a staff and then a professional approach and then PJs and Instagram and everything else. And it's a marketing agency. It's like you're trying to recruit a bunch of, I don't know, like world-class pop and hip-hop stars between the age of 18 and 22. I saw, in fact, Florida State flying two kids on the PJ to the national championship game and tweeting out pictures of it. I was like, good for them. That's what they do. I found other examples like that at the other at LSU. Folks, everybody seems to have said, all right, let's really get super organized and professional and then raise fat stacks and then start piling on the kids. And at places like Texas A&M, that's very high profile. And we've heard, you know, all kinds of figures about what they had for their roster. Texas last year, I think that the total spent on their football roster was $13 million. Folks, that's a payroll. It's a lot, a lot of money. And so there, that is, what did Texas decide to do? All right, let's get super organized, get a rich person involved at the top level because they know other rich people and it'll be a nice endorsement. And then let's... Get some results on the field to back up this level of investment. Ole Miss, what is Ole Miss doing? Lane Kiffin's going out and saying, hey, oh, 
There's the key. Lane Kiffin's going out and saying, hey, we need to raise more money. Or we're going to fall way, way, way behind. And so now he's trying to get those on-field results to re-up that. Steve Sarkeesian, we talked about this in the moment. Do you remember the video he released? I'm not going anywhere. And I think the video, like, in the bottom corner, there was a QR code to donate to the name, image, likeness. That's not true. I made that part up. But there may as well have been. When I say that they either are an exact blueprint for coaches to follow or they defy all reasonable projections, this is what I'm talking about. LSU hasn't really done a great job redirecting its name, image, likeness. At LSU, on an almost sport-by-sport basis, especially the ones where they're really getting to the end of the rainbow, the coaches are hustling on an almost direct-to-donor basis for their own sport. And I am not insinuating, I mean this, not even 1% degree, not even one grain of like dirty pool or selfishness or no, 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 no. They have found a way that is clearly working. National championship, national championship, Heisman winner. They're a playoff team now going forward in football. Men's basketball, they got in Dutch with the NCAA, but they're getting, they're improving. Will Wade won last year, by the way. Do you know he's coaching already? Like he's on, like the federal BI has him on wiretap talking about, Cat Heath, am I right about that? Like talking literally about how tired he is of having to pay all these kids. Pretty much. And so McNeese, I think it was McNeese State. Oh, yeah. Yeah, five-game suspension. Uh, really stuck it to him there. <laughs> you know what he can do, though? He can win. Um, so the LSU men's basketball program, which is at a lot of places is supposed to be the number two generator. It may be there. Baseball is a big, big, big deal. And so this is what I'm talking about. Kim Mulkey out there working for her sport direct to donors. I mentioned Dave Doran. On the field or like right after, right, still there at the stadium after beating North Carolina. And we need everybody to donate $1,000. Folks, do you see Jay Johnson after they won the, uh, wasn't that the super regional and they were on their way to Omaha and he got on TV and he's like, by the way, donate to the name. Oh no. He talked directly to the players. That was it. He's like, and by the way, if you're a baseball player looking for a place to come, we got a lot of name, image, likeness dollars. You come on to Baton Rouge. I was like. <laughs> Folks, there is an almost direct to donor appeal going on at almost every place around that athletic department. Do you see? success especially the top level success that we pay attention to and it doesn't even take very close inspection if you're watching a championship contest involving lsu part of that message is going to be hey you help us do this again and if you're a player out there when i say lsu hasn't really done a great job on name image likeness i want to frame all this like my understanding is they don't have a full-time staff like they, if they want to book a PJ, I'm sure they could, but that's somebody who on off hours, it's come almost like you're the band director. It's not a job. There's no pay. 
Somebody needs to do it, and boy, is it important. But I say hasn't done a really great job. With no staff, LSU spent about four to five million dollars, four to five million dollars on football last year. I told you Sarkeesian's at around 13 million. There are a few guys at LSU. Big, big time donors. One of them in particular loves baseball. There's, I don't know, a couple dozen, like in that very next level of donors. And then there's everybody else. Like three donors, say at the top, about two dozen after that. So that's what, about 25? I would say there's. Apparently, there's like 25 people funding about 98% of LSU's name, image, likeness money. Individual coaches, like, there's something called the Coaches Committee, which is the LSU version of sort of like IPTE, but it's just for baseball at LSU. That's an example of this. Now, I only use this as an example, not a discussion of LSU specifically, but a program with all that LSU is, and they're skating on this thin ice to find success. What is Virginia Tech or like Missouri or Purdue supposed to do? At least LSU could come with the initial pitch of, hey, you've seen national championships. You've seen Heismans. You get on board. I was thinking it was as simple as, you know, all right, you got a med school, you got a law school, you got a good marketing arm. Um, No, it's about all that. And you have a coach now that is hitting the bricks for his or her own sport. It has been sustainable to this point. Um, This is an interesting and unusual way to go about it. And like I said, the sustainability, I was thinking, you know, could everybody else sustain this like LSU? I look at LSU and go, I'm amazed y'all been able to do it to this degree so far. All right. It's a Monday. We're going to take a break. Come back, jump into it next. College football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Rolling through Monday on Chuck Oliver Show, talking college football, which is kind of what we do. Uh, Billy Napier. My interactions with a man limited, but I don't know, maybe half a dozen times around him exceedingly pleasant and uh, very kind with his time and all kinds of wonderful things I say about Billy Napier and just his general demeanor. Everybody has a limit. I wonder if Billy Napier, like we'll discover what his limit is. If at some point he just like snaps, I'm tired of talking about schedule. Like that, that may happen during like the big room at SEC media days. Um, it's a bear. I want to welcome on right now a good friend of the program. And uh, we're on his station down yonder in Gainesville. It is Jeff Cardozo. Jeff, welcome back, friend. How are you? Chuck, good morning, man. Yeah, all's good. Um, fun, fun times. Uh, it never ends, just uh, as you know. Yeah, and he's working. Uh, Billy Napier is working on, I guess, rounding out either the coaching staff, but I guess really the support staff. Are they bringing in someone to help with special teams or be a coach for special teams? Yeah, uh, no no coaching spots yet. So I think, you know, obviously to, to support it. But, uh, you know, a guy from New England, the, the Patriots organization, he was at Iowa State, really successful there. But 
um, Joe Houston comes in. And, you know, I think when you look at the, the problems last year for Florida, he, Billy's really addressed it. You know, he had some issues on the defensive line, the, the backfield, um, on the, the safeties and secondary, all that. So two new coaches there. And then, of course, there were some special teams mishaps throughout the year, too. And now you get a guy that uh, can come in and fix it. And I, and I think it's right where Napier – understands what he's doing you know i think everybody has questions and certainly can nitpick a lot of different things and go after certain stuff and he's addressed them all so i mean everything that people have seen to have a complaint with you know other than maybe play calling he's gone out and addressed and gone out and, and found some guys to make it better they're giving him the resources to do it and he understands that he needs to be better and that's exactly what he wants to do Okay, offensively, I am torn because we all watched Utah and we're like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. And then the backup against Florida State, and that was never going to work. In the middle, I don't know, the offense was kind of good. At times, it was better than that, and Graham Mertz was outstanding. Um, But then there's also the hue and cry for change the play caller. Is that just like we're fans and so we want to yell about something? Yeah, I think it has to be. I mean, when you look when it's all said and done, the last couple of years, the, you know, what Mertz was able to do this year and an understanding of the offense and certainly the efficiency, it's exactly what Billy Napier wants. And that wasn't the problem this year. The problem was they were giving up 8 million yards a game and 50 points a game, and you're just not going to win when you're doing that. So I think he trusts in his system, understands it, certainly has a guy in Mertz coming back, and then certainly a guy in DJ Lagway who's winning every single award imaginable coming in right behind that to uh, to kind of learn from from that and, and understand the process and and what he wants to do so in, in my mind and i think uh you know a lot of at least the, the normal people and internal stuff play calling and and what they're doing offensively is not an issue at all mention lagway there i can i'm old enough i watched tebow as a freshman and he would come in mm-hmm. and he would kind of bulldoze you some and throw a jump pass and he had his role man uh what will dj lagway's role because everything we said about graham Mertz is true and he's back so what will dj lagway's contribution be yeah i think to be determined but you know obviously learn as well and, and dj knows that i think he, he's coming in with a mindset of you know hey i've got a a dude there that I can pick his brain and understand what's going on and understand how to read defenses and, and what they're trying to do and then certainly help. Um, I, I think you'll see, you know, maybe not to that extent, certainly what, what Tebow did when, when Leak was there, but remember it worked when the Gators won a national title. So, of course, not saying that they're going to win a national title, but, you know, give him some, some packages, understand stuff, and I think as the year progresses, see what he can do and, and certainly uh, – you know, see see what Mertz is doing and, and where they are. I mean, you, you mentioned the schedule right at the onset. Those back five games, Ugh. really, really tough, as you know. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see where the season's going at that point and, and what his role inevitably is going to be. But he's bought in. I mean, he, he was here a ton throughout the fall and certainly re- really recruited a lot of other guys to, to get here and be a part of this thing. And he can be that, that name like Tebow was and, and really change around the entire program if he, he's everything that he's supposed to be. Have you seen the more aggressive, edgier, angry Billy Napier? Because I have not. Um, And I know he's competitive as all get out, but I I really, I was like, folks, this schedule, he's going to get tired of hearing about it. He's just going to want to get to week one. You know, everything, you know, I think maybe once out of all the locker room interactions and and times I've been around him, there's like that raised voice a little bit, but it's just, it's not his thing. And I think, uh, you know, he teaches and and he talks in, in a way that, 
just tries to get guys to, to buy in and understand. I mean, he's very compassionate, but, you know, I, I think behind the scenes, though, and, and, you know, a few of the practices, you'll hear him raise his voice, but he, he understands it. He feels it. He, he gets it. And, you know, I, I think what I try to say, Chuck, is out of everybody that's moaning and groaning and things are going on, there's nobody that wants to win for this program more than Billy Napier. And he's making changes. He's understand that. You know, he, I think he's backing off a little bit of everything that he had his hands on. And he's going to go out and, and try to win for this school and all the people that have supported him. I know he's a good coach, and uh, I'm – waiting to see how he figures it out because i just can't figure out how it's going to work this year that is a bear of a 12 games jeff thank you so much for coming on brother sure my pleasure thank you all right jeff cardozo again uh former varsity letterman there at university of florida now a media maca so jeff cardozo appreciate him coming on there and like i said there are i don't even want to say competing ideas here because they're both true i know he's a good coach I don't believe it's going to work. Well, now, wait a minute. If he's a good coach, it's supposed to work. And a good coach, and he's got facilities, and a good coach, and he's got money. I don't know how well organized they are. They're in the category. Like, LSU, if you were listening to the beginning of the program, I was like, they're making it work. They are strolling through a minefield, perhaps. You are relying. And this, like, if you're relying on your head coach, what happens when that coach is gone? It takes all of your infrastructure and success and whatever else i all over with you if it's just the coach florida i don't know that they're necessarily finding those same um sort of results whether on field or through name image likeness um in fact most of the time when we have paid attention to florida in any sort of nil way it has been for the wrong reasons and it appears that again they got troubles with the ncaa themselves based specifically off that from a player who didn't sign at least get the kid yeah you know like take some pride in your work violate the rules color outside the lines a little bit we all do that it's the adult world it's a messy place sometimes get the kid so i kid a little bit uh, i appreciate jeff coming on but that is uh what's going on from napier in gainesville A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for Brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. Now back to Southern Sports Today and the Chuck Oliver Show. It's Monday on Chuck Oliver Show. And there's crewing going on. There's committing going on. 
And a lot of this going on all around Baton Rouge. I had opened the show today talking about their name, image, likeness efforts and how on first pass, I was expecting to find just like pots of gold. Like, what's that smell? Oh, that's LSU's name, image, likeness money. And they've done better, but they're not like there's a few schools at the very top of this who are just hammering kids and they're in that Texas range. LSU's in that that next group that all right, we you can make a little cash here, you can get your notoriety, here's a nice stage, etc. But it's not a lavish like mansions and benzes all over Baton Rouge for that roster. It's not. It's 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 good. And then after, I don't know, like a couple of dozen in that, like everybody else, you have no chance. And I mean none. Want to welcome on right now our truest reporter for LSU from 104.5 ESPN in Baton Rouge is Hunt Palmer. Hunt, welcome. How you doing, man? Doing well, Chuck. How are you? No, I'm pretty blessed. Uh, let's talk about LSU and Cruton and traditionally high school kids. Uh, I've talked about two things. Uh, they continue to emphasize the high school ranks. And uh, in the state of Louisiana, man, that has turned around over the last three, four, five years. Uh, just talk about where they are, I guess, after the first you know, big recruiting junior for next year, uh, junior event they had. Yeah, you know, I think the biggest question when Brian Kelly got the job was can he can he recruit in the South and specifically in Louisiana? Um, and he in that first class, they were never going to get Arch Manning, and they were never going to get Tackett Curtis from up in North Louisiana. There were there were some guys in that class. Jaden Osbury's dad literally schedules the football games for LSU. He grew up on campus and went to U High School on campus, and he wanted to go somewhere else, and he was one of the top ten kids in the state in the class. There were a number of guys that you just weren't going to get in that class. Um, and so you look to the next class, and he did a really, really nice job in the state. And then this class, he's going to sign nine of the top ten players in the state. Um, uh, Dominic McKinley being the most recent flip, who got a fifth star today from, from on three. Uh, and then as he filled out his staff, literally every member of that staff, except for one, John Jancic, has spent a lot of time in Louisiana. So it's been an emphasis, and they've done a, a really good job with it. And the next two years, the state looks to be absolutely loaded. There, you know, those years that we remember in Louisiana where there are five, six, seven really top-end kids, and that's what the next couple of years look like. They got a, a commitment from Jabari Antoine over the weekend. He's a top-five player in the state, a top-five cornerback in the country uh, for next year. So the high school recruiting is, is going very well uh, for Brian Kelly, and that's something that he wants to emphasize he wants to try to bring kids in and develop them for three or four years. I realize this day and age in college football, that can be um, a bit of a dream, but that's the way he envisions it, and they're doing a pretty good job with signing high school kids right now. All right, well, let's talk either high school or transfers or even, hey, Harold Perkins is already here, break the kid off. Um, LSU's name image likeness game is about to get a bigger stage. Uh, Prime Video's got a docu-series. Has that got much run or conversation around uh, your station, listeners, you, the uh, calls, et cetera? Yeah, I think so. I mean, LSU is is a pretty hot brand right now, Um, and that's across all sports, whether it's baseball and women's basketball winning national championships. Kim Mulkey is a – is a star. Um, you've got the top two picks in the MLB draft with Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens. You've got Livy Dunn in gymnastics who makes a, a good bit of money in the name, image, and likeness scene. Uh, you got the number one women's amateur golfer in the world uh, here in Baton Rouge. So it's, it's just a very powerful brand. And LSU does a lot in terms of video and social media and all that kind of stuff to, 
to promote it. And I think the fruits of that you kind of see in in recruiting across the sports. And so LSU is not ever going to be the wealthiest uh, donor base. They seem to find money under the couch cushions yep. when they need it. Uh, they just bought out an entire defensive staff um, a couple of years after buying out an entire coaching staff and paying the new guy $100 million. So they seem to find the money uh, when they need it. And, and then I think they, they do a good job of promoting themselves. And it's just kind of a, it's a brand that's pretty powerful right now. Um, in particular, just give me your impressions, because I've said part of LSU's success, as you said, it's not like, you know, LSU was in Manhattan um, or, or the state is, you know, California, the world's ninth largest economy on its own. Um, talk about the personalities of someone, for instance, like Coach Mulkey, or I talked about Jay Johnson on national TV going, hey, all the best players, y'all come to Baton Rouge. Um, they really do have to kind of work that angle um, in addition to everything else that the other programs do. And they found, I'll say, a few coaches throughout their athletic department that are pretty comfortable doing that. There's no question. Uh, and it's there are a lot of layers to recruiting and branding. The image and likeness piece and literally the dollars and cents is part of it. But there's another part of it that is, is geography and, and home and playing for the home state. And LSU's almost uniquely positioned it's not unique because there are others that are in the same situation Ohio State comes to mind but there's not another show in town so if you're from Louisiana and you want to play on the biggest stage this is your only option that's not the case in the state of Mississippi or or Alabama or Florida um that, that's that's the case here and then that's where you've got to start I think across all sports by by taking care of of the home state and there's some money that goes into that and then there's some branding that goes into that and, and I think they do a pretty good job of kind of blending it all together to make it work all right let's go off field uh by all accounts will redman hugh freeze got him a good one and that lsu had already i guess kind of been working to get austin thomas coming back to lsu uh give me your impressions of this yeah it's interesting austin thomas has spent two different stints uh in baton rouge um and then has found his way other places texas a&m and obviously Ole miss he's been at tennessee um and you know he's He's an interest. He was kind of the first of his kind in terms of the general manager of a, a college football yep. team, um, and now that seems more relevant than ever because roster management is so different than it was ten years ago. You, it's like if you want to tie to the NFL, you've got to do your drafting, which is your high school recruiting, but you've also got to go sign your free agents. That's the transfer portal, and that's it's, there's more turnover than there's ever been. So I think having a full-time staff person whose job is to do that 24 hours a day, seven days a week is really good. Austin's always been exceptionally good at forming relationships with, with young players and young people. Um, that's kind of his, uh, his calling card. And so, yeah, I think it, it makes a, a lot of sense to have that guy. And, and he's, he's had a pretty good track record wherever he's been. All right, now let's go even further off the field because this got nothing to do with Baton Rouge anymore, I guess. But Keishon Butte, my goodness, son. Um... Tell me where on your – not the details, the specifics, but Kayshawn made a bad choice. Where on your surprise meter did that land, 1 to 10? I mean, two. I, it's, he, since he walked off the field after that SEC record-setting performance to finish his freshman year, he has just made a string of very, very immature and poor decisions. Um, there was also an injury in there, which was not a poor decision, just a bad break, but – He's just made a lot of poor decisions, and, and finally it, it caught up to him. And, and it just feels like, based on where he was drafted, what his his rookie year looked like, that his football career might be over. Yep. And that's just not something you would have thought of back in, in the end of 2020. 
but here we are, and it's just it's just not a surprise because it's number it's number five or six, not number one. All right, last thing, and this is pure speculation on your part. Um, how well do you know Cortez Hankton or or know about him? Because there are a lot of coaches that when they get an opportunity to go coach in the NFL, they just want to go coach in the NFL now um, because of recruiting and all the stuff we just talked about with Portal and everything. Uh, some other coaches like run to the fire. They love it. Uh, where do you think Cortez – because he was reported to be interviewing for the Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons OC job. Um, just give me, if an LSU fan's listening, uh, job satisfaction and the future of Cortez Hankton in your view. I, mean, I think everyone in, in Athens loves Cortez Hankin, and I, and I know that everyone in, in Baton Rouge loves Cortez Hankin. He's done a phenomenal job as a wide receivers coach and passing game coordinator, two different stints, and um, he's gotten a little bit of a title promotion here, and he'll be a little bit more involved in, in game calling as Mike Denbrock's moved on and, and Joe Sloan and Cortez Hankin have been elevated on the offensive side for LSU. Uh, I was a little, um, I don't know if surprise is the right word, intrigued that the Falcons were looking at him as an offensive coordinator, um, and I don't know where they got in that process, but it sounds like that he's going to be back in Baton Rouge this year. And that's a, that's a really good thing for LSU. He's a great recruiter. Uh, the players love him. Um, but I think he's got aspirations of, of being an offensive coordinator one day. This is another stop on that journey and an elevation for him in Baton Rouge. And, and I, it would surprise me if he was still here in, in two years because I think he'll, he'll get that opportunity to elevate. They should have a really good offense next year uh, with Sloan and Hankton kind of at the top of the, the totem pole there. And I think that his next uh, next stop is probably in the near future. All right, just pure fun. Before I let you run, pick me a wide receiver a little further down the food chart that uh, maybe we look at and go, hmm, end of September. Wow, what a great athlete that kid is. Like, maybe not on everybody's radar now. Um, I would say Shelton Sampson probably. Uh, just because of the measurables, he's 6'3 and a really, really good athlete. There just wasn't a lot of playing time available to young receivers this past yep. year at LSU. Yep. The two guys they had at the top there were pretty good. Um, but I think that's a guy with a ton of potential. He had a couple of drops in the Grambling game. They got him in there late, and he could have scored two touchdowns that dropped in both last year, and that's all really all we saw. Um, so he needs to, to shore that up, obviously, but the, the physical gifts are absolutely there. So I think that's probably the guy that I would, I would look at as a potential breakout. Hunt Palmer, 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Thank you for your time today. I appreciate you. You bet, Chuck. Bye. All right, that's Hunt. So, yeah, Cortez didn't get the job in Atlanta. I don't know. I was, I was interested. I was like, really? They're, okay. Think about everything. Consider all possibilities. Uh, but he did not get that job. Uh, so he, it appears he'll be in Baton Rouge and bully for LSU. Prime Video, the docu-series, documentaries called The Money Game. It's about LSU's athletic department name, image, likeness. The most basic question possible. Is this a good thing? In 2024, I think it's a really good thing. But for an outside media company, like I promise you when ESPN word came out that they were doing pony excess, SMU was like, really, can it just go away? When they were going to come out with the U, I'm pretty certain that the folks down at in Coral Gables were like, oh, come on, really? If this were three years ago, and a streamer announced it was coming out with a documentary about your athletic department called The Money Game. Clutch the pearls. This will be the end. It was already allowed, and Jimbo and Nick Saban started fighting about 
name, image, likeness with each other. You paid players. No, he didn't. I'm like, what? Now? This is supposed to be something. I don't want this to be our image. Call it the we graduate a higher percentage of scholarship athletes than any other SEC football program documentary. Can we do that? How about like any of the positives? How about a Heisman Trophy winner? How about setting records? How about points and yards and wins and all kinds of things? The money game. And in 2024, do you know what that tells me? It means they're doing it right. This is supposed to be horrifying. And as recently as when was the Jimbo? A year and a half ago? year and a half ago. Nick Saban basically said, hey, A&M's playing a money game. And Jimbo said, you hush your mouth. We're not friends anymore. Didn't he say that? Heath, didn't he let loose a word done? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Oh, no. A whole lot of comments about uh, you, you, you go look at how the, how the king did that. <laughs> Jimbo's not going to sign my yearbook. That's where Jimbo Fisher a year and a half ago. You stop saying we pay players here. Now? I bet LSU leans into it, man. Candles burning, hug the wick. We're going to take a quick break. Wrap up our one next. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. And lastly, from the words of the great Jack Harbaugh, we will continue to attack every day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. And I promise you, we will smash. Thank you very much. Michigan head coach, Ron Moore. Michigan head coach, Sharon Moore. Who have we most recently said that about? Michigan head coach, Jim Harbaugh. He coached the Super Bowl. He had led Stanford. He had done, you know that. Like, there is sort of a resume that the newly introduced Michigan head coach has had. Sharon Moore does not have that. However, according to Jim Harbaugh, quote, he's the only choice. And I don't have any idea how it's going to work or not. I know that it's an unbelievably challenging time I know uh, to be a head coach in college. Uh, I know it's an opportunity you don't bypass. Sharon Moore's days of cutting his own grass and ironing his own shirts, that's done. But that's not really what this is about. This is an unbelievable opportunity. And when I say I have no idea how it's going to turn out for Sharon Moore, I don't know. I looked at Will Muschamp, and I was like, he's ready. Gene Chizik, I think Gene Chizik, he was the D.C. on undefeated teams. Was it consecutive seasons? He was D.C. at Auburn in 04. And then he went to, you know, Texas and had an undefeated season. Like, he had it going on. He's 5-19, and 19, came to Auburn, got Cam, and a lot of other good players, but he got Cam. He got a quarterback and lead the SEC in rushing. Um, like, Gene Chizik, it was this, all right, look at the resume. 
He'll never be a head coach again. He doesn't want to be. Not at this point. Will Muschamp? I don't know if Will Muschamp. He'll coach again. He's not coaching this year. Good for him, by the way. What is Will, like 50? And he can look around and go, I ain't got to do a dang thing the rest of my day except go to the mailbox. Now, that part doesn't fit with Will. But as far as, I don't know, 14-hour days and half hour after you left, somebody's looking around going, hey, you seen Will? That's done. Good for Will. Then it turned out the way it did for Kirby. And that was Kirby's first shot. So if you look around, there is something missing on Kirby's resume. And it will, I guess now at least, be missing on Sharon Moore's if he has success. Do you know what dots so many other resumes? We know that Bear Bryant, most of us, I guess, know Bear Bryant was the head coach at Kentucky. There's a chance he's the most successful head coach in Kentucky football history. There's a chance. Do you know he coached at Maryland? Also, what was it? Guilford? Gulford? Some other place. Somebody has on their program's resume, Bear Bryant was here. Michigan State has, we had Nick Saban. I'm not even really just talking about Bowling Green, but Bowling Green in Utah, they got Urban. Kirby is... To this point, by the way, he ain't going backwards. This is not like Rich Rodriguez. Where was he? Jacksonville State now, is that right? And Butch, Butch is at Arkansas State. And you know why? Money's pretty good, folks. Is Jim Mora at UConn still? For now. For, wow. Shot. Um, you know Why? Money's pretty good. And by the time you're 50, well, you kind of know how to do it. Someone could fly you over a campus, push you out of a helicopter into the head coach's office. You could have a staff and a functioning team. And, you know, you could put all that together and then roll along and make your bank. Whether it's 800 grand or 1.2 or 7 million. So the money's good. They're taken care of now. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Kirby stepped right into it and it worked. Jim Harbaugh? Stanford's a big-time program. They got a Heisman winner, at least one. We had Jim Harbaugh. The San Diego Toreros. Had, like, you're so, every big coach you look at, there are some exceptions, every big coach you look at, hey, do you know where Pat Dye was before Auburn? ECU. And? Wyoming. Wh- how? So... When you look at these, I think ECU had Mark Richt as an offensive coordinator, too. So you look at some of these, it's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be kind of cool that before he won a national championship, we had him at fill-in-the-blank. It almost always is the case when you look at a guy like Lincoln Riley just... And he was the OC, and he was already on campus, and so it's a little different. But I also remember being introduced to Lincoln Riley when he was 27, and Ruffin McNeil was the head coach at East Carolina. He's like, hey, here's my OC. I'm looking around for the adult. I'm like, oh, uh, oh, oh, hello. And he started talking offense. I've told this story before. I mean, I don't know. It's, It's 11 on both sides. I know all the positions, what they're called. I know something about football. 
I understood about 30% of what he was referring to. And I was like, okay, I get it. This kid is something. Um, and then he, but he was at Oklahoma. Um, Sharon Moore, it's the same sort of thing. He's at Michigan. It is rare, though, that you don't dot some other programs way back history. Um, Steve Spurrier, Duke looks around and goes, we were ACC champs with Steve Spurrier. It's a magical thing, man. And Sharon Moore, it just ain't there. Yeah, you know what else is interesting, Chuck, is if you look at it now, what are the three premier jobs in the Midwest? Uh-huh. I don't count Penn State as one of the premier jobs in the Midwest. Michigan, Ohio State, and who? Notre Dame. Okay. The three premier jobs, when they have opened up, have now gone assistant coach, assistant coach, assistant coach with Dave Freeman and now Sharon Moore. And in the case of Freeman, an assistant coach who'd been on campus for one year. And in the case of Day, a guy who'd only been on campus for a couple of years. It's not even like, oh, this is the, you know, the Frank Solich hire, the longtime right-hand man. Three most powerful jobs in the Midwest all go into assistance. Yeah, it's um, it's not just one-off, 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 because that would be three one-offs. Um, so it's the path they have chosen. And like I said, it's just a lot of responsibility. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.